Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. On June 5th, 1999, in the state of Arizona, siblings JJ and Mickey Bird had been out at a nearby club when a drunken fight ensued. In the early morning hours the next day, the brother and sister were hanging out in the front yard of their mother's house. When a car sped toward them, three men jumped out and pulled the trigger shooting and killing J.J. and his sister, Mickey. As of 2018, the homicide case of Mickey and J.J. Bird is still open, and police are still looking for their killers. I'm your host, Nisa. Welcome to the Lost Crimes Library podcast. This is the puzzling story of the murders of siblings Mickey and J.J. Bird. Mickey Bird was the oldest of seven children. She was a bright and bubbly person who loved her role as the big sister in the family. Like most sisters, she enjoyed pushing her siblings around, specifically her brothers. That is until her brothers got big enough and could finally push back. Although Mickey liked to be rough with her siblings, she also had a caring side with them too. After her mother Bobette McKinney divorced Mickey's father, Mickey took on the role of not only big sister, but of babysitter and protector of her younger siblings. According to Bobette, after the divorce, Bobette was upset with how things turned out and didn't really focus on her children too much, but Mickey was the one to step up during that time and keep things under control. Premature adulthood seemed to become a theme in Mickey Bird's life. She became pregnant at 15 years old, and soon decided to quit school so she could get a part-time job to help raise her son. J.J. Bird was the second oldest in the family, and as the oldest boy among his cousins, he was particularly adored by his grandfather and his uncle. J.J. was a quirky and loving kid. He was considered popular, but he didn't care what others thought of him. Once, his mom was driving down their street and spotted the back of a pedestrian with long black hair but with a stride that seemed familiar. She soon realized it was J.J., and he was wearing one of his grandmother's wigs under a baseball cap. Bobette asked her son if he was embarrassed, and J.J. told her he just didn't care. J.J. ended up dropping out of high school like his older sister. He also had a child at a young age, and one more thing Mickey and J.J. had in common was that they both had gotten in trouble for shoplifting. 
One day, JJ ran out of a store with an unpurchased shoe on his foot after a friend was playing a joke on him and took off with the one shoe he had come in wearing. Although the store declined to press charges, Bobette still popped JJ in the head for his near run-in with the law. In the days before Mickey and JJ's deaths, their mother sat them down individually and talked to them about going back to school. Bobette was taking classes at Arizona State University herself, and she was doing pretty well. She was hopeful that her children would see this and want to join her. Babette told her daughter Mickey that she was smarter than her, and there was no reason she shouldn't go back. She knew that Mickey wanted to be a nurse or a teacher, so Babette convinced her daughter to meet with an advisor, and JJ even agreed to go along with his sister. The meeting was scheduled for Monday, but they never made it to the meeting because Mickey and JJ Bird were shot and killed the day before. On June 5, 1999, brother and sister JJ and Mickey Bird were out with friends at a nearby club when a fight suddenly broke out. According to witnesses, the bar riot began when JJ's friend bumped into a woman he didn't know. This woman became angry, and JJ tried to be a good guy and break up the fight. However, as fists were flying and names were being called, JJ ended up becoming involved in the fight as well. Then Mickey tried to break up the fight, seeing that her brother was involved and was being attacked. But Mickey ended up being punched in the face by a woman she didn't know. Soon after, more and more people began jumping into the fight. This prompted security to spray tear gas on the crowd in attempts to stop the brawl before people got seriously injured. However, the tear gas did not stop everyone from fighting. Only when someone fired seven gunshots in the air did the fight finally end. Everyone in the club went their separate directions, including Mickey and JJ. After the fight, Mickey and JJ and their friends decided to head back to Bobette's house, which was located near South Mountain Avenue and 24th Street. After a few minutes of talking in the front yard with their friends, a small vehicle, described as boxy by witnesses, began speeding toward the group. The car stopped in front of Mickey, JJ, and their friends. The headlights were super bright, and masking the faces of the passengers, so no witnesses from the group could see who was driving and riding in the vehicle. Next, three men jumped out of the vehicle, one headed straight toward JJ. This man whipped out his gun as he approached JJ, then he grabbed him by his shirt and threw him onto the sidewalk. The man then placed the gun's muzzle against the top of JJ's head, leaned down, and said something indecipherable to everyone else around the scene and then he pulled the trigger. After the shot rang out, everyone else in the group scattered as several more gunshots were heard and more and more bullets flew through the air. It wasn't until the group heard the car leaving the scene and they returned to Bobette's home that they realized JJ's sister, Mickey, had also been shot and killed. When police arrived at this gruesome scene and investigated, they learned about the fight that had occurred that night. Police believed that the attack that killed JJ and Mickey was likely an extension of the fight the two were involved in earlier that night. In a statement to the public, a detective from the Phoenix Police Department named Dominic Rostenberg said, quote, We believe the incident may have been committed in retaliation. Two investigative leads were interviewed by the police at the time of the crime. However, due to a lack of evidence, were released after denying involvement, end quote. 
police relied on witnesses to help them find leads in the case. Those who survived the attack described the suspects as three light-skinned black men, each between 20 and 24 years old. And to add to the suspects' physical descriptions, a witness reported any details they could remember about the weapon used to kill JJ and Mickey. They told police that the front passenger, who was believed to have been the man who killed JJ, had been carrying what appeared to be a 9mm chrome handgun. Witnesses also mentioned that the driver was armed as well, with a long-barreled firearm that seemed to resemble an AK-47. And according to witnesses that night, the third suspect, the rear passenger, was armed with a handgun. And although all of this information for police was incredibly useful, the two most helpful witnesses could not agree on the type of car that carried the three suspects. According to police, the woman able to provide the most detail about the men said they arrived in what appeared to be a faded red 1984 Chevy Blazer. However, this contrasted with another witness who said she thought she saw quote-unquote pop-up lights and the second witness who thought the car more closely resembled a 1985 Toyota Celica. Obviously, being able to identify the car could have greatly helped police narrow down the possible suspects. From my research into this case, I could only find a couple articles out there about Mickey and JJ's murders. It's heartbreaking to think that Mickey and JJ were so close to taking steps to change the trajectory of their lives. They never made it to that meeting with the university advisor, but their mother Babette was hopeful that her children would follow through, but she never got a chance to know if they would have. Like any loving mother, Babette knows her children were far from saints, but she said, I will love them forever. Their killers have still not been brought to justice, and their family still awaits answers about who killed Mickey and JJ that early summer morning. Anyone with information about this case is asked to call the Phoenix Police Department at 602-262-6151. To remain anonymous, you can call Silent Witness at 480-WITNESS. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Lost Crimes Library podcast. Please follow and share the podcast. It will help bring much-needed attention to these important cases. Also, follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at the LCL Pod and on Instagram at the Lost Crimes Library Pod. See you next week with a new episode. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.